What's up, everybody? It's IBS Jesus coming at you guys with an IBS After Dark NBA edition. Um, we're going to talk about the San Antonio Spurs, the Golden State Warriors, um, and just general league news. Uh, the Cavs fired David Blatt and uh, have hired Tyrone Lue. And everybody knows it's pretty much infamous for getting crossed up by Allen Iverson in the NBA Finals. So uh, we're going to talk about that and uh, see if there's anybody out there that can possibly challenge the top teams in the East and in the West. <clears throat> so um, I'm going to give it about give it about a minute, let my co-hosts and contributors call in and uh, make sure I bump the thread on, um, on our website here. The Cavs are actually playing the Minnesota Timberwolves right now on NBA TV. They're leading 92 to 85. Um, I'm, I'm still waiting to see if there's going to be a difference in how they play. I know a lot of people are, are you know, hype on LeBron James, and, and he's still the best player in the league. Um, it's debatable now, but he's still the best player in the league. But he's got he's got a tall task, man. I mean. You gotta gotta make it work. They all gotta make it work in uh, Cleveland. It's, it's just it's weird. I'm, I'm looking for a difference, uh, but they're definitely playing with a little bit more energy the second game than they did the first game. And the Timberwolves are not a very good team at all, but they're hanging in there, hanging in there. Seven minutes left. They're only down by five now, so we'll see if they can close it out. Let me see. Yep. Got somebody on the line. Is this Corey? Yeah, man. All right, what's up, man? Um, Malone said he's going to call in in a second. Let me go ahead and uh, get my degenerate on this game. Dude, I just I just placed a, uh, a second-half bet on Furman versus VMI. <laughs> the guy... They literally let the kid score at the end. Just let him just shoot it with the second left, and I didn't get the uh, I didn't get the bet covered because he made the three. Yeah, that happened to me left. yesterday. That happened to me yesterday. The VCU under they literally just let the D score. I'm livid. Yeah, and and now I'm just I'm just fully committed to this this Warriors line. I just. I can't see it, man. <laughs> Fifty-two and a half. I can't. I can't see it. We're talking about the Oracle at the Oracle. They might score fifty-two in the first. You never know. <laughs> oh no, nah, you know. I'm I'm committed. I'm committed though. I gotta see it too. Uh, Malone said he's gonna call it up. There you go. Cool. Malone, you there? Yeah, what's going on? Not much, man. All right, fellas. Um, I wrote down some topics and stuff, so you guys have something you want to talk about, we can play it by ear after that. But um, we'll just try to stick to the general guidelines. Um, Steve Kerr is back in Golden State. And after watching how they played with Luke Walton as their uh, head coach, how much better can the Warriors get at this point in their in their little run that they're having? Like, have they reached their ceiling, or is there somewhere that they can improve and, and maybe – Later down the road this season, we'll see a better Golden State Warrior team. Corey, you can go first. 
I mean, it's people got to for, not forget. It's the regular season, man. I mean, things just slow down in the playoffs. People play you seven times. Little things that they get, like that little uh, double down screen with Steph and Clay that get wide open threes and layups, that doesn't happen in the postseason. So they can get a lot better as far as the execution standpoint in the half-court set. And I think that's where Kerr will help, um, not only just – I mean, it's just so much free-flowing in the regular season that that doesn't necessarily happen in the playoffs. People will try to slow them down a little bit more, switch more. So I definitely think they can improve from an efficiency standpoint in the half court. I mean, Clay started to come on lately, but he played like crap for the first two two months. So, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think they can get better. I don't think people should get caught up in the – uh, they won so many games by Luke Walton. I mean, that team is just going to beat bad teams on autopilot. They're too good. But when you start to see them play good teams, um, that's when you'll notice the difference between Curry and Luke. And, and it seems like Luke did a great job. But, yeah, I mean, you, you can't say that they've hit their peak just because um, competition. You, you have to see them play the Spurs and, and other teams before you can truly say, hey, man, they're, they've reached as high as they're going to go. Long, what you think? Yeah, I mean, I have to agree. You know, it's the real season, man. You can really, you can, you can evaluate a team, but you can't get a hundred percent look at where a team's going to be in the playoffs. Just go for regular season games. So, I mean, I think, I think I agree with Corey hundred percent. People are right now. They don't really have to think about the half court, and especially so they come playoff time. You know, have they worked on enough in practice, and, and are they ready to run the half-court sets when they can get to the playoffs for the match? Yeah, I um, I think in my little span that I've been watching the NBA, things change come playoffs. Like you guys said, uh, the things that work during the regular season don't really work. Um, I don't I don't know if you guys have watched the uh, Warriors that much this season. I know I was real big on them last year, but. Usually when people jump on a bandwagon or a team gets too popular, I tend to gravitate away from that. But um, to me, it just seems like the only place they can improve on maybe is their defense a little bit. I mean, teams who generally score about 90 points when they play the Warriors scored in about 100 and 107 or something like that. But I guess that's more of a pace of play than uh, them actually not playing defense because I still, I still think statistically they're – they're up there. But um, do you guys think they can make any improvements on that end of the ball? Not really. I mean, their defense is as good as you're going to get with a dude chucking 30 feet shots with 20 seconds on the shot clock. I mean, the, yeah. way, they quick, the way they take quick shots, there's only so much you can do, especially they take quick threes, so your defense isn't set getting back. So, yeah, there's only, I mean, there's only so much you can do. Their half-court defense is still really good. It's not like they have a bad half-court defense. So I think their defense is solid, man, to be honest with you. Um, I, I don't think that'll be the issue. The issue is when they don't score 100. I mean, that's really the only time they're losing out here. So I definitely don't think it's a defense. Malone? Brian, you there? I think we might have lost. Oh, we lost him. Dang. He'll probably call back. All right. Um. Well, my next uh, question or segment, we're going to um, stay on the Spurs-Warriors topic. Obviously, it's a big game. They're playing tonight at 1035, I think, is tip-off or maybe a little bit after that. 
But um, it's on NBA TV. Um, I was actually um, getting ready to eat dinner, and they have a legitimate hype video where they were comparing uh, this game to uh, the magnitude of when uh, Kareem and, and Jerry West played uh, a Kareem, like Kareem West, uh, Will played like uh, some other people. Like, I don't know. It was just It was just a hype video, you know? I'm not big on the nostalgia of the NBA unless it's Jordan Air. <laughs> but I was like, what? You know, like they got a legitimate hype video for a regular season game now? But uh, it's a big deal to the league. So um, people have been so caught up in uh, matchups. They, they love to talk about the matchup, who's going to match up where, this and that. I still don't see it as being an issue because the Spurs and Warriors both play uh, a lot of team ball. But if we can, let's go uh, position by position. And you guys let me know who has the advantage um, and, and and what, you know, would be the strength of, of that advantage. So we'll start at point guard, Tony Parker versus Steph Curry. Uh, who has the advantage in that matchup? I mean, that's pretty obvious. Steph's going to have yeah, that I advantage. I have to ask just, just like <laughs> anybody. But, but um, I mean, it's closer than people think, especially if Tony makes Steph run through screens and stuff. Tony can still – um, get two or three games in a series of old Tony Parker to make things a little bit more difficult on Steph from a um, a defensive standpoint and, and making him run through screens is something he normally doesn't have to do because he can play off the ball on a liability. And he still might have to do it. They probably put him on Danny Green the more and more I think about it. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely Steph. Malone, uh, Spurs, Warriors, talking the point guard position, who has the advantage in this matchup? You there? Malone, you there? I'm still having some difficulties. All right. Um, I agree. I, I had to ask, even though personally, I I mean, I don't think it's really much of a debate either, especially in their current state. Uh, Steph Curry's that guy. Um, what, I, what I'm more wondering is if we'll see an aggressive Tony Parker, because, you know, there's times where Tony is more of the traditional point guard, and then there's times uh, – Actually, we see it a lot when they play the um, when they play the Cavaliers. He's aggressive. He gets to the basket, and he's pretty much their lead scorer. It's Tony Parker, and everybody else is kind of following his lead. Do you think he'll take that approach when he plays the Warriors? Uh, I mean, I think a lot of a lot of what Tony does is predicated upon um, what the defense gives him. So, um, I mean, I definitely think he'll look to be aggressive. That's his style. Um, but ultimately I think it, a lot of it's going to be kind of how they play um, the pick and roll. But if, if Curry is on them, I, I would say look for him to be aggressive early and often, um, to be honest. Yeah, it, I feel like that would make more sense. Um, switching to the shooting guard position. <laughs> this is funny because individually I, I already know where we're going to be leaning for um, I'm gonna assume it's Clay Thompson and Danny Green. Is this matchup? Who do you give the advantage yeah. to? Yeah, I mean this is just as clear as the other one. Um, yeah. I don't even. Danny Green stole money, man. He was like one of the few people they gave money that are just so bad. Um, he's really, really bad. So, yeah, not him. Now Clay has had his moments where he's he's been kind of non-existent. Um, and and Danny's not necessarily the best defender, but he's pesky. You know, he he's kind of high energy, hands moving, real active. Uh, could could he possibly just 
kind of slow him down at least a little? Do you think? Uh, I, well, up? I I think, um, and and this is just my thoughts, but I think at least in the clutch and then um, when a series comes, Danny will be on Steph and um, Kawhi will be on Clay and Steph will be on Iggy or Barnes. So. Danny will be important. I think he'll guard. He'll definitely see some time guarding stuff, in my opinion. So, um, I mean, he's definitely important. He's a good defender for sure. But I mean, I don't mm-hmm. so bad these days of shooting. I mean, he's a liability to be honest. Yeah. Malone, you there? Yeah. All right, cool. All right, so we're just breaking it down position by position. Spurs versus Warriors. We're on shooting guard right now. Uh, we're talking about Danny Green and Clay Thompson. Um, obviously, we both think. This matchup favors the uh, the Warriors. Uh, what's your thoughts on if Danny Green and uh, Clay Thompson match up? Who's winning that battle? I mean, yeah, you got to say Clay Thompson's going to win that battle. Um, yeah, I mean, Clay Thompson's better than Danny Green, no matter how you look at it, from you know an efficiency standpoint to just a volume shooting standpoint. You're just going to get more production out of Clay Thompson from the scoring end. Um, I mean, like you said, Danny Green's a good defender, probably a better defender, you know, at times than Clay Thompson. Um, I mean, Clay Thompson's overrated. You know, let's not let's not dodge that fact. Clay Thompson's definitely an overrated player. Uh, he's a one-way scorer, but Danny Green's just been so bad this year. I don't know how you can put him over really anybody. Yeah. All right, switching to uh, small forward. I think we'll just leave that alone because there's just really no need. That's that's probably. Worse than um, the point guard, shooting guard discussion. <laughs> Kawhi's clearly better than um, Rush or Barnes, depending on who they play. Um, power forward, mm, we could talk about that, I guess. Now, my question is, fellas, Duncan's not playing tonight. We know he's been the five. How do how do you think Popovich will address the small lineup? Uh, if he does it tonight or if he does it in the future, it's going to come up. When they bring Draymond and Iggy out together at the same time, how how do you guys see um, Popovich countering that personnel? Uh, I mean, I think Pop will stay big personally. Um, mm-hmm. I think he'll stay big. I think he'll, um, he'll just have David West on, um, one of those guys, uh, probably – Gigadalia, and I think he'll just say, hey, if you hit 10 threes, you hit 10 threes. So I don't think he's going to be dictated to go small. He may do it situationally, um, but I, I don't see the Spurs changing their identity for anybody. Um, they didn't for Braun when Cleveland did it and had Bosch at the center and Braun at the four. And I definitely, if they won't do it for Braun and Bosch, I don't see why they're doing it for Iggy and Draymond. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we'll I see. have to. I mean, I have to agree with that. Um, I think, I think, you know, Popovich doesn't want to. Uh, it's a regular season game, man. Popovich understands that it's a regular season game. You know, that's why Duncan's not playing tonight. Because at the end of the day, this game doesn't help you win a playoff series. This game means absolutely nothing uh, in the grand scheme of you know winning a championship. Uh, and Popovich understands that as good as any coach in the league. So I mean, I think you know, like you said, of course, that situationally, you know, you might see him tinker with some lineups, you know, trying to find out what works here or there, but I think for the most part, you're going to see a lot of David West. Um, you know, you're going to see some of that 7-3. I'm not sure what his name is, but that 7-3 that guy they've got. Um, 
So they're going to go big tonight. You know, they're going to try and beat the uh, beat the Warriors up on the boards. And like Corey said, they you know if the Warriors go lights out from three, hey, they go lights out from three. But I, I don't think Pop's going to try and play their game. You know, Pop's going to stick to what he knows and, and stick to what the Spurs know how to do and and try and do them that way. Yeah, the um, the seven three guy's name is um, slipping my mind as well. Cause I, you know how I, when I watch games, I get people nicknames. So I was calling him uh, Gargamel. <laughs> he looks like a giant <laughs> Gargamel. He's huge, man. But anybody's listening, he's seven three. I think they said he was like two ninety five or something like. I don't know. He looks solid, but um, he got a little bit of skill. Um, I just, to be honest, I watched him play the other night against the Suns. And they're just, I know they're going to run him ragged, man. I mean, Bogut is probably more athletic than he is, but he's just, he's a big body. So um, when we talk about the Spurs and the Warriors, it's it's a little bit deeper than just the um, just the starters. Um, I don't know if you guys had a chance to watch the Spurs, but obviously when you got a team that's beating people by an average of like 14 and a half points a game, uh, you tend to know that they've got a deep bench, especially when um, the guys don't play as much as far as the starters. They don't log a lot of minutes. Uh, what do you got? Who do you guys think has the matchup for the second unit? Like, who do you think wins that matchup for the second unit? Because the Warriors' second unit is really good as well. Well, uh, I, I think Warriors have an advantage when when it's dunk, no Duncan, but um, I definitely would give the advantage to. Um, the Spurs when Duncan's playing because you got David West, you got Diaw, you got Ginobili, um, you got uh, what's that? What's that young kid's name? Um, he just came up from the D League two years ago, uh, but he can hoop. Yeah, Simmons can play. Yeah, you got Simmons who's who's knocking down. Wouldn't surprise me if Simmons playing down a stretch over uh, Danny Green in the playoffs, and then you got Patty Mills. Um, who will come in and, and light it up. So you just got proven people who I think are, are a little bit more battle-tested and not so dependent on um, running in the full court where they can operate in the half court, whereas Golden State, if they're not getting up and down with that second unit, you can see some droughts really quickly. Yeah, I mean, you know, here's the thing about the Spurs. You know, they, they look for a certain type of player. Um, you know, they look for guys who – they're not worried about their shots, and it works the same way for the second unit. You know, I mean, the Warriors play the same way, but this has been Spurs basketball. You know, they find these guys who just find ways to win. You know, and they get they get them all come off the bench, and and they're vets, and the guys who are hungry, and the guys who want to win. And so, yeah, I mean, I think the Spurs bench is definitely better than the Warriors bench. Um, but the Warriors bench can definitely put up points. You know, they get hot. They like say, like course, they play, they start running. They can put up points. But I think as an overall, you know, you got to give it to the Spurs. Yeah, I look at this like a a high stake poker game, man. I just want to see who's going to fold first. Because uh, Kerr's Kerr's technically a pop uh, pop disciple. I think he uh, models his uh, his style of play a little bit um, on how they used to play as the Spurs. But I think sometimes um, when people talk about the Warriors and they talk about. Uh, the way they share the ball, even though they do shoot a lot of threes, but they they share the ball. They they uh, move it around, backdoor cuts and stuff like that. Um, so it gets it gets whispered about you know when you talk about the Warriors, you hear somebody mumble something about the Spurs. So I think that it'll be interesting to see how Kerr approaches this game because we know how Pop's going to approach it pretty much. 
But um, I want to see if Kerr uh, pulls some cards, too, and holds back a little because we know the Warriors don't really – they don't do the new NBA style of taking the game off. It doesn't matter if it's regular season or not. They're, they're coming to win. So um, it'll be interesting to see how hard they go tonight. Yeah, I mean, definitely. Uh, uh, this game doesn't really mean much, though. You know, so like you said, it will be interesting to see who really comes out for it on. I mean, it, it, you know, we want to watch it as fans. You know, it means something. But I, I don't think either one of these teams is really going to get too overworked for this game. Yeah, switching to the East, because uh, I don't want I don't want everybody to get drowned out by Warriors. But there are other teams who are playing decent ball. Um, this team, mm, not so much. But anyway, talking about the Cavs, who are now leading the Minnesota Timberwolves, one hundred eight to one hundred four, with twenty three seconds left. Um, right, it's one one ten one hundred four. Thanks to LeBron with nineteen seconds left. Uh, they fired David Blatt. In your opinion, Corey and, and, and Malone, is this a good thing? Or is it even possible no. that firing your, your winning coach a good thing? I mean, I say no. Here's my thing. They, they weren't going to win a championship with David Blatt, but what makes you think you're going to win one with Tyron Lue? You know? I mean, that's what David Blatt got you to the finals. You know, no matter what, like I said, David Blatt had going on back. We don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Um, you know, mm-hmm. whether he was getting into it with LeBron, which we all believe to be true, but we don't know. Uh, but it just doesn't make a sense to me if you're trying to win a championship. It doesn't make sense because, I mean, Tyron Lue is unproven, completely unproven. Um, you know, he's only ever been an assistant coach. He's probably only four or five years out of playing. Uh, I just don't see how you could say firing David Blatt is, and, and promoting Tyron Lue is going to give you a better chance to win a title. I just don't see how that's possible. Corey? Um... I mean, I just think the time is a little auspicious. Um, I don't know why you wouldn't just do it in the off season if you're going to do it. Um, at the end of the day, it's on the coach to not lose his team. And we can say, oh, players, oh, yada, yada, yada. But from all the reports, he basically was afraid of LeBron as a grown-ass man. And if you're afraid of another grown-ass man and you're supposed to be a leadership figure, like, you can't win like that. You're not going to, especially when we know Braun likes to just run iso ball. So, I mean, it makes sense. You watch the Cavs play, and it makes sense that Vlad is scared of LeBron and just lets him do whatever he wants to. And you can have a lot of people basically accuse Spo of being what Vlad actually is. Um, but Spo got in both of their faces, and he commanded respect. And it ain't worked the first year, but they got there because eventually Spo like, installed his offense, and, and that's how the Heat were better. And it seems like Lou isn't afraid to challenge LeBron, and there's not like you can bring a coach off the street in the middle of the season and establish a new system. So, I mean, if he had lost the team, what choice do you have, really? I don't like it, but mm-hmm. if, if all the reports are true, I don't really see what choice they had. It's not like he's going to magically start commanding respect. Should David Black coach the All-Star game still? <laughs> no, man. David Black shouldn't <laughs> coach the European All-Star game. <laughs> what you, you think, Malo? No, no, you can't have him coach the All-Star game. Um, I, I, mean, I get it. You know, obviously he he was in the finals representing the East last year, but. He doesn't have a job right now, 
And that's kind of what it comes down to. You know, you're not. I feel like if you're not an active coach, you know, you you don't really get that that honor to coach the All Star game. So, and I don't know um, who's going to be. Guys, you know, I don't know who they're going to. I don't know who they're going to yeah. make it, but it, it shouldn't be shouldn't be David Black. You guys see, um, you guys see David Black getting a job quickly at the end of the season or during the off season, or will he? Do you think he's better suited back in? Uh, and I think it was the Israel League or European League. I don't. I can't remember where he's from. No, he doesn't get another job. I don't. I don't think so. Um, I mean, this was so bad. You know, this is kind of. I mean, he might get a low level job somewhere. Maybe you know, maybe somebody who's got an awful roster picks him up. But he's not going to get another job with a team that's got a championship caliber roster. Yeah, he will. I think he'll get a job real quick. I mean. Luke Walton's going to be gone from the Golden State Warriors, so they got an assistant opening. Somebody will probably hire a San Antonio Spurs coach, so they got an assistant opening. So oh, I'm going to head coach. Oh, I assumed it wasn't I mean, talking about head coach. That can't be serious. Nah, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, there are a lot of assistant coaches. <laughs> there are a lot of assistant roles that he'll be a good fit for. But the, you can't even be too serious talking about the head coach role. Ain't no way in hell. <laughs> And that's, that's tough, man. I, I like David Black, man. I felt sorry for him. Yeah, I, I feel sorry for a lot of these coaches talking to these situations where you you inherit a big three team. There's high expectations with big three teams, yeah. And uh, how you feel? How you feel sorry for somebody scared of another grown man, man? <laughs> He's not even from the country, man. He probably had he probably had a uh, language barrier, man. You know. LeBron six nine black like what five ten maybe he's a he's a man of religion LeBron out here deboing him man I don't know I just I just it, it sucks that in any profession that you have that you do your job successfully or or at least the end result is successful and you still get fired like I mean I I guess I mean. I don't think they had expectations to win a championship the first year anyway. But they they went through that spell where it didn't look like uh, LeBron, Kyrie, and Love would ever work. And then they got it to work, and then the two guys couldn't stay healthy. <laughs> and then he, he took a team with Della Dova at point guard and somehow – I don't know. All right, I'll be honest. Maybe LeBron got him there. But somehow – Yeah, yeah was I was about to say, man. <laughs> what I'm, just trying, I'm, trying, I'm trying to help him out. <laughs> what were the coaching adjustments he was making? Because all I saw is Braun running one four flats every play, and that's not wow. coaching, man. <laughs> he kept Deladova in the league. He got Tristan Thompson a max contract. He rejuvenated J.R. Smith and and Iman Shumpert's careers. He got Mozgov traded for. Like, come on, he's a he's a he's a miracle worker. That can't all be LeBron. I bet Brian don't want to take credit for none of it now. That's for sure. <laughs> Probably doesn't, man. Uh, my next question about the Cavs, and, and um, I'm watching it right now, and I know you're probably in and out watching it too. Um, so Tyrone Lue in his first game said the Cavs were not in good enough shape to play the up-tempo style that he wants them to play, which ironically I think LeBron James said something very similar to that, said something about them not being in shape. But um, do you think they have the personnel for this up tempo style? Like, will will it work? Um, with with the guys that they have right now, 
I mean, yeah, I think I think I don't know understand. I can't comprehend why they why they have like a bottom five pace in the league. Like you have LeBron, Kyrie, like those are open court players. Like I can't fathom even J.R. Smith and Shumpert. These aren't really highly efficient half court players. These are all people that thrive in, in open situations. So the fact that they're walking the ball up and and playing at a slow pace like like they're the Utah Jazz has always been foreign to me. I understand why they did it last year in the playoffs because they were shorthanded. But on a regular basis, like, that's just silly to me. I, I can't comprehend why they would be doing that. So I, I 100% agree with Lou. Like, I don't – you look at that lineup and, and you tell me they're top – bottom five in fast break points and, and bottom five in pace, and, and that's a head scratcher to me. Yeah, I I feel like um, I think I had said something about it um, from a betting perspective. I didn't understand how they couldn't score at least a hundred points. Like at, at a couple times during the season this year, they look like the Miami Heat. <laughs> they just they just play defense and and I don't know, just run those half court sets. They just look awful. Like I don't I don't understand how you run a half court set with Kyrie because he just dribbles the whole time. You might as well just let him dribble down there and make a pass. Like at the very last second on a fast break or something, because when when you try to slow it down, it just doesn't work. And and maybe that's why Kevin Love uh, didn't fit in the offense a little. I mean, he's not necessarily a runner, but when they when they slowed the game down a little bit, you know, it kind of fades him out. And then Kyrie doesn't really know what to do. And then people telling him to pass more. And when he passes, he passes to LeBron, who does iso ball. And that's pretty much what we get out the offense. I think we we saw. A little bit of the old offense uh, in that Bulls game the other night, but um, I don't know if you're watching tonight. They're, they're getting out, they're running. Even Mozgov is running, but they're also playing the Timberwolves. So um, I guess we give them some time. I, I feel like the Cavs are uh, one of the more interesting teams now that they've made that coaching switch because I think they're more vulnerable than what people uh, anticipated. And this was even even if they still had David Black. I think they'd be vulnerable, but Tyrone Lou, I don't, I don't know, I don't know how many first-year coaches have a lot of success um, when they get picked in the middle of the season. I, I don't, I don't know the stipulations on that or, or the history on that, but I'm sure you guys probably do. Is, does this happen often enough that people are successful? I mean, it doesn't happen with a team that talented. I mean, this isn't hockey. They're not. That's this is definitely foreign territory. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, I don't, I just don't see how someone thinks that they're like what what could go worse. They weren't playing hard. They they had horrible sets on offense. So I mean, like you put in a new coach, what's he going to make the offense worse? No, it's not possible. What are they going to play less hard? No, I mean. So it's not as though he's going to somehow ruin this. They they could finish in first place and go to the finals off talent alone, sleepwalking. They did it last year, and and they'll do it again this year, no matter who's the coach. Um, and we'll see how they look. And I'd say, given March, we'll see how they actually look on offense and. Um, if there's more fluidity, but it seemed like it when I was watching tonight. Even in the first quarter of the Bulls game, the ball was moving. They just were not familiar with doing it. Uh, but the ball was moving uh, the first quarter. You can see they were making a conservative effort. 
Uh, they just weren't hitting shots, and it's it's foreign to them right now. Malone? Uh, what was the question? I missed out, man. My <laughs> service is kicking right. in and out. Right I, was just, um, I was just asking him if um, in, the, in the history of, of the league and, and how things operate, um, <clears throat> when a coach is given the reins in the middle of the season like this, does it usually end up successful? Um, because I just feel like the Cavs are more vulnerable now than what they were, you know, before David Black or with David Black. I mean, I, I don't see how team, how any other NBA team can view them as more vulnerable or, or less vulnerable. You know, um, if they already knew that they that the team didn't respect Black and that they were winning off talent alone anyway, they went to the finals last year. They're first place in the East right now. I don't really. I see how somebody can sit here and say they're any more vulnerable than they were. Uh, but I also don't. When you go and look at it, I mean, talent can get you to the finals, but it's not going to win you the finals. And, and that's really what Cleveland's trying to do. Um, I mean, like I said, I don't think they were going to win it with flat either. But I, I mean, Corey's right. They're going to go to the finals. Uh, they're just too good. You know, uh, they just have too much talent on the team, especially in the Eastern Conference where. You've got a lot of good teams, but you don't have that many. You really only have one very good team in Cleveland. Uh, I don't think anybody else in the East is even could, could even be considered in the top six teams in the league besides Cleveland. So they're, they're definitely going to make the finals. Um, All right, so switching, switching, uh, or actually not even switching, staying on the topic. Um, because we just talked about basically the three best teams in the league, or at least the two best in the uh, West and the best in the East. Uh, the next question I have um, is pretty much who, who, who's next, man? I mean, there's got to be somebody that can at least challenge the Cavs in the series. Man. There's got to be one team. Uh, talk about the Bulls, Hawks, Pacers, Pistons, Celtics, and Heat are pretty much the teams, uh, if the playoffs started today, that would be the order that they would be in. Uh, I think the Bulls were – oh, sorry. That's not the order. Uh, the Heat are the AC, but basically those teams would be in the playoffs. Do the Bulls have a chance? Do the Hawks have a chance? Pacers? Anybody, guys? I don't think so. I mean, somebody's going to give them some run, maybe taking the six, you know. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't think the Heat are deep enough. You know, their bench isn't good enough. Uh, I think their Heat starting five is it could give the Cavs, you know, some real problems. But I just don't think that the Heat are deep enough. The bench is awful. Um, you know, the Pacers, they've got Paul George. Um, they've got Monte Ellis. They've got some talent on that team, but their big men are awful. Uh, you know, you're starting guys like LaVoy Allen and Jordan Hill and Jan Mahimi. So I just don't see – I mean, and the Bulls, I mean, the Bulls have never been able to give LeBron a, a truly good series. Um, I don't think the Bulls have ever been able to take LeBron to seven, even. You know, they always lose in six, five or six. And it's pretty much the same Bulls team, except for they don't play defense anymore. Uh, so I just, I, I don't know. I'm, at this point, I don't see anybody in the, in the East really giving them any, any real run. I don't see anybody taking them to seven games. Yeah, I mean, I'm on the, I'm on the same thing. Or anybody really. Um, maybe. Maybe um, Toronto could give them to six, but 
outside of them, the the only person you can consider is the Bulls. And I mean, we know the history with the Bulls. So, can you really even consider them a threat? I don't think so. Um, but they beat them a couple times a season. I mean, they played in a regular season, and ultimately, mm-hmm. I just think there's no one talented enough, really. And the Bulls have their own issues. I mean, they're they're not good themselves. Could the Cavs possibly lose home court advantage? You got some bets within the realm of possibility? Yeah. No chance. And, would that, and, and would that make a difference? No, it won't make a difference. It's 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 within the realm of possibility. I don't think they I don't think they actually lose home court advantage. It could happen, but it's not going to make a difference either. Okay. I mean, the only people that I could see doing it are the are the Raptors and make a difference with the Raptors. I can't I can't get the Raptors to put together three good games. <laughs> it's always one here. One there, maybe two, but then that third game is crap. So I I just don't I think the issue is, is that they're it's not that the teams like you guys are saying, it's not that they're they're necessarily bad. I just don't think they're consistent or poised enough to win four out of seven games against the Cavs. Especially the Bulls bust their heart. They try every year and every year five or six games maybe, maybe. I think one year they almost got swept, so I don't know. It's just who knows, man? Like, um, I would like to see, I would like to see them challenge. Though, I think, uh, I think the East is a lot better this year than it's been in the past. So, I would like to see somebody give them, give them at least a seven game series. But, you know, the the, 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 the problem is huh? Cleveland. Nobody can match up with them. You know, nobody yeah. has the talent to match up with them. And the playoffs. I mean, there aren't. When you look at the Eastern Conference, how many great coaches do you see who can? you know, game plan for not being able to match up and not being able to match up talent-wise. I don't see any coach in the East that can that can do that to put his team over the hump the way, you know, to say Rick Carlisle did in 2011 where they didn't have the talent that Miami had, but he was able to work a game plan and devise a way for his players to get over the hump. I don't see there being any coach in the East right now who has the ability to do that. Okay. I kind of agree. I was gonna say, I was gonna say, if Spo had more talent, man, I, I like Spo. I've become a Spo fan. I, I feel like he, he could do if he had just a little bit more talent on that on that Heat team. They could they could. I mean, you're right. Damn, because they, they play good defense. Good coach, but they're yeah. they're bad. But he don't so bad. But, I mean, the, honestly, I, I'm not trying to be mean, but the problem with the Heat is Joggers is trash. And him and Wade do the exact same thing. Neither one of them can shoot. They both need the ball in their hand. They both like the slash with the ball in their hand. I mean, they're the same player at this point. Wade's just better, which is sad. I mean, that that team just doesn't mesh well. They don't have another shooter. You put Winslow, Wade, and Drogic out there, and you got four people who can't hit a three on the court. The only one that can is your center and Bosch. So, <laughs> There's just no spacer like that. That just ain't gonna fly. It's not 1985. That that team would be nice, nice as hell in like '92. But yeah, that ain't working today. <laughs> that is true, actually. That's very true, I think. But um, <clears throat> who's been the biggest surprise for you guys so far in the East? I mean, I gotta say Boston. Um, 
you know, Charlotte fell off. Charlotte was doing really well, but Charlotte's falling off. Uh, Boston, Boston plays defense, man. I mean, I, I didn't think they could get it done and win, you know, be, I mean, I think they're like a top four seed right now uh, in the East mm-hmm. with a bunch of ragtag role players and Isaiah Thomas. I mean, they literally have nobody who can consistently put the ball in the hoop. You know, nobody you can count on every night to, to give you even 10 points besides Isaiah Thomas. But they've got eight or nine guys who could give you 10 points on any night. And, and you know, whoever's got the hot hand, they're giving the ball to. Uh, and I think they're playing good team basketball. Uh, I don't I don't know if it equates to them actually winning a playoff series even, but they've definitely surprised me and won a lot more games than I thought they would. Um, I'll say something different. Uh, I think the Magic have been the biggest surprise to me. I mean, you look now, they're only one game out of a playoff spot. Um, the East is a big cluster. I mean, the the Celtics are in fourth place, and they're like three games ahead of the 12th place Magic. Um, so, I mean, I just I didn't think they would be a 38, 39, maybe 40-win team this year. Um, I, I thought they were still uh, a very much a high lottery team. Um, I thought they would be kind of where Brooklyn is. I thought they were two years away um, from being someone that's decent and has a chance to make the playoffs. So I, I think they're a year ahead of schedule. So um, I would say the matchup surprised me the most. Actually, I, I have to agree with Corey on that because they've been doing it without Victor Oladipo stepping his game up. That's the thing to me. The Magic have been winning games, and Oladipo's having the worst year of his career. I mean, he's been hurt off and on. Even when he's been playing, they've been monitoring his minutes. Uh, he's only averaging about 12 points a game, and they're doing a whole lot better than they were last year. They're moving the ball better. they got guys like Fournier playing, you know, having career years. So, I mean, yeah, I'm definitely surprised about the Magic as well. I'm going to go with the Detroit Pistons because I'm still trying to figure out how in the world are they winning. (laughs) They're another inconsistent team to me. I don't understand it. I just, I don't understand a lot of these middle of the road teams and and how they, how they have the records that they have. They just, I don't know, but they're they're winning games. Drummond kind of cooled off though. I, I know at one point people were telling him to be like the next greatest big man ever. And it lasted about what, two weeks where he was racking up 20 rebound games and stuff. And, Sure, he's still playing well, but it's, it's quiet down a little bit, and they and they still don't really have a superstar on that team. I mean, Reggie Jackson is trying, but he's a superstar in his mind, but he's not a superstar. So, um, I, kudos to Van Gundy and what he's done to make them competitive, and and they're tough at home. They just have to they have to start winning on the road, or you got to count them out for a, a seven game series. But I, I I mean, they're in the middle of the pack in the East, so that's impressive to me. Um, I guess honorary mention would be the uh, Pacers and Paul George and how he came back and, and he's playing halfway decent. He cooled off a little bit too, but uh, he's still still playing well enough that you know people are talking about him in his all-star form. So um, the East is exciting to some degree, I think. Um, it makes you ask what if a lot, but when we switch to the West, I don't. I don't think there's much. What if? I think it's three teams and then everybody else. So um, switching I mean, to the West. 
Go ahead. Can we talk about disappointing teams in the East real quick? I just want to get oh, a little yeah, jab yeah, 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 yeah. No, 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 Garrett, Jared Dudley and Gary Neal and Garrett Temple and these dudes are going to be getting big minutes for us. I knew we were going to suck. Yeah, I mean, yeah, when Garrett yeah. Temple and, and Gary Neal are main role players on your roster and Garrett Temple and Jared Dudley are starters for your team, there's no way you're making the playoffs. That's cool and all, but y'all had everybody today and lost by 22 to the Celtics at home. I know. <laughs> I know he did. John Wall played like shit. He did. I had that fucking fan duel. Uh, yeah, we can get to the left now. I just wanted to get that shot in. <laughs> yeah, I was I was trying to say. Uh, switching to the West, um, we already talked about the top two teams, so let's jump on my favorite team, the Bash, the Oklahoma Oklahoma City Thunder. We were pretty much the next man up um, if one of the top two teams fail. Do they even have a chance of beating the Spurs? Or the Warriors in a seven-game series. I mean, yeah, you know, you have two of the top seven players. I mean, even with this year, I mean, obviously Durant, even this year, is still a top seven player in the league. If you're going off just this season, still top seven, eight players in the league. Um, you know, Westbrook is is doing his thing. So I mean, when you got those two guys, you know, you're in any game, any series, at any time. Um, they just they need the role players to step up. You know, they're gonna need guys like Cantor to give them ten, twelve points a night. They're gonna need Stephen Adams, Stephen Adams to show up on the on the boards and on defense. Um, they're gonna need to get contributions from guys like Anthony Morrow and you know guys like that. Who's been Cameron Payne? You know, he's been playing a lot better and getting more minutes recently. I um, mean, I think they definitely got the talent to to play with either one of those teams. It's just gonna depend on everybody besides Westbrook and Durant. Like like it pretty much always comes down to for Oklahoma City. I don't want to talk about these Negroes. I don't want to talk about these Negroes after last night. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, I think they're being slept on. I mean, they're still on a 59-win pace, and that's with Durant missing six, seven games. Uh, I think they've lost seven games total without Durant. The Spurs have lost mm-hmm. six games total all year. Um, so, I mean, you take a top, I think, Durant. I mean, Durant has – almost a 30 PER. I mean, he's he's balling this year when he plays. So I would argue he's a top five player still. So, I mean, you miss him for some games, you're going to lose some games. I just don't understand why people think that they can't beat the Spurs. I mean, they yeah, would have beat the Spurs two years ago, but Ibaka was hurt for four games. Like, they have the Spurs number. They beat the Spurs earlier this year. They always beat the Spurs. They're just too athletic for the Spurs to match up with. And, and that they've, like, pretty much own the Spurs every time they play them. Um, so I, I don't see how they, they can't beat the Spurs. I think Golden State's a horrible matchup for them. Uh, but I think if it's a Spurs versus them series, I, I definitely think that's a series they could win. And honestly, it wouldn't shock me. Spurs let off the gas a little bit, and they made a run at, at winning 61-62 games. Spurs around 63-64. That wouldn't shock me, to be honest. Um, so I think they have a chance. I don't think they can be in the state, but I think they match up really, really well with the Spurs. I think we're going to see really how good Billy Donovan is. I've noticed them running more plays down the stretch. Um, they actually ran an elevator play 
it was shocking to me that they knew what that was. Um, so we'll see um, how they perform down the stretch. But overall, I mean, I think it's definitely a, a situation where counting them out and calling the two-man race is really silly to me. I think we should have learned our lesson last year with the Rockets getting in the conference finals that these teams are talented enough to win seven-game series. Yeah, I mean, Can I, I just I, point I, out, you, I you think, compared the Thunder. Can I just point out, you compared the Thunder to the Rockets? I just, I just <laughs> no, I did not. I said the people should <laughs> learn from counting the Rockets out that teams are talented okay. enough. Okay. Okay. <laughs> My fault. Okay, go ahead, Noah. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, I mean, I, I agree 100% with what Corey says. I, I think if the Spurs and the Thunder play in the series, I will put my money on the Thunder to win that series. Um, just because of the reasons Corey stated. I mean, you look at two years ago, in those two games when Ibaka was out, in those first two games of that series, the Spurs absolutely dominated the Thunder. Um, I think their average shot distance was coming from about eight feet. So a lot of layups in there. Um, the next two games, the Thunder absolutely dominated the Spurs with Ibaka back. The, the shot distance moved out to about 14 feet. A lot of mid-range jumpers couldn't get all the way to the rim with the Ibaka down there. Uh, I think, you know, with Ibaka being healthy, the same thing happens again. Uh, I don't even know if that series goes to seven. I mean, you can't really count the Spurs out. But I just – the Thunder, they don't match up with the Thunder well at all. Yeah, um, everybody's everybody's been saying that, and I think I have to agree with you guys. As much as I hate the, I hate the uh, Thunder, um, I think Billy's a much better coach than um, than Brooks. I I think um, with the rotation that they use now, especially with Cantor coming off the bench and stuff like that, they've they've got a little bit more uh, scoring options than they had the first time when they played them in that series that you just referenced, Malone. I don't think they they weren't that deep of a team then. So um, I think uh, if they do meet again on this next go-around, it'll be a little bit – it'll be different. Um, but I think if the Spurs get home home court, just because I, I know it's going to be playoff atmosphere, but the Thunder really just emotionally are not the same team on the road. So I think if the Spurs got home court in the series against them, they, they might stand a chance. But – if it, if it was like they had to go to OKC, that's going to be tough, man. That's going to be tough. Um, what about the Clippers? You guys have any thoughts on the Clippers? I mean, no, I mean the Clippers are the Clippers, man. I mean, the, the core is the same. I mean, Blake Griffin is – Blake Griffin's underrated at this point. Um, Blake Griffin is about as good as you can get in the league right now. But I think – the, the the Clippers' problem lies with Chris Paul. Um, my thing about Chris Paul is, you know, first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, he's getting everybody involved. Fourth quarter, he doesn't trust his teammates. Chris Paul is a lot more ISO. He's taking a lot more shots in the fourth quarter. Guys like J.J. Redick who are open for threes aren't even touching the ball because Chris Paul doesn't trust them in the clutch moments, whether to turn the ball over or miss a shot. He, he just – and that's always kind of been the downfall of Chris Paul-led teams. They're great. Uh, Chris Paul is great, but for all that greatness, a lot of times in the fourth quarter, he ends up not trusting his teammate. Uh, my question is, when are we going to start talking about Doc the GM the way we talk about Chip Kelly the GM? Because it's very similar. I mean, he is horrible with his moves that he make. I mean, Josh Smith already shipped out. He traded Spencer Hawes for Lance Stevenson. Like, these are just terrible moves. He went he went out to go get Austin. Like, they have refused. They have the same problem every year. Their top five unit is also 
always top three the entire league in point differential. Like, their starting five is maybe the best, probably the best starting five in all of basketball. DeAndre, Blake, J.J., um, well, it was Barnes, but uh, Chris Paul and insert anyone there. They always kill the league with differential, and then those dudes get off the court and the leads evaporate. The Thunder are kind of the same way. I think they're plus 20 points, 100 points per possession with Westbrook and Durant on the floor, and then they're minus like 10 without them. So these teams have to find a way to, to get production from their bench. You'll see Golden State, they'll be up seven. Curry goes to sit. They meet, bring it to nine. They bring Clay back in, leads at 11. Like you can't just get killed by the op- opposing team's bench and expect to win any time, especially in the playoffs. So the Clippers are dead to me. Like they're done. I, I agree, man. Doc, Doctor Jim's Doc VGM has been been a lame duck, man. He's just been a lame duck. Um, I don't, I don't even know what to say. I, I mean, he's got Austin Rivers on his team, so somehow, some way, I mean, that's like white skin Della Dover. How's he in the league still? So. <laughs> <laughs> For real, that's how I feel. Like you, you, you know me. At the beginning of the season, I was already hating on the Clippers. And I'm still hating on the Clippers. Um, Blake Griffin's really the only one I like. Every time I watch him play, I just want to fight them all. All they do is cry, cry, cry about everything. So I'm one of those people that when they lose, I'm actually happy. I'm happy when they lose. I, I'm not happy for Blake, but I'm happy that the rest of them cast lost. They get on my nerves, man. But J.J. Reddick's been playing out his mind this year, so he he could be the X factor. If he, if he keeps that shooting up, man, and they go into uh, the playoffs healthy, you never know. You never know. And I like the fact that, that he's able to shoot. And it would be nice if they could get more production from Crawford when he comes off the bench than uh, when they put him in the starting rotation every now and then. Like he, he's got to be consistent, which is hasn't been him his whole career. But if he can string together a series, you know, or two, it might be okay. Um, I mean, here's my thing real quick. Yeah, go you ahead. see a guy like J.J. Reddick. Last year, J.J. Reddick led the league in first quarter points, and then he, I think he averaged like three and a half shots per game in the second half. And it, like mm-hmm. I said this year, the dude's on fire. He's shooting 50% from three, but he scores like 60 or 70% of his points in the first half. Uh, they just – they they change their game in late in games. They, they, don't, they don't play the same play early on in games. I've seen it plenty of times the Clippers get up big – 20-point leads in the first half, and then they get blown. I mean, the bench like the bench does have their problems. Uh, the starters go out, and, and the bench is awful. But they, when the starters come back in and they after they've blown that lead, it's not like they start, you know, building the leads back up. Uh, I just, I don't know, man. I, I think the Clippers need to blow it up, honestly, and, and just rebuild around Blake. I think they should have let DeAndre walk. Uh I, they're not going to win a title. You know, that's, that, I mean, that's my biggest thing. Like, I get it. You don't want to be that bad, but that's the only way you can win a title is to actually be that bad and go through it. I agree. I think they should have let DeAndre walk, too. I, I was one of the people that didn't understand the fuss, but then again, you look at what he does for their defense and, and the interior. So, I mean, I, I can understand how they feel like he's important, but it. Like you said, it, it's just not yielding the end result. So they got to do something different. Um, we're running out of time. There's like three minutes left. Uh, give me your prediction on tonight's 10:30 matchup, Corey. I got uh, Warriors 
uh, winning by like seven or eight. Um, I think it's close. Uh, first half, Warriors pull away third quarter. San Antonio makes it close. Golden State pulls away at the end. Um, not that high of scoring. I think like probably like 104 to 99 type stuff. <laughs> I said, in my head, I'm thinking there. He goes, yeah, what's your prediction? I'm like, yeah, Warriors by six, 104-98. So I think me and Corey are right about on the same page. All right. I just hope they get at least 53 at the half, and I'll be back. <laughs> um, I always, I just want to see a good game. I always want to see a good game. Um, when I watch NBA, I don't have a real team allegiance unless it's the Blazers. But um, I've been just on the Spurs bandwagon to annoy Chase, but I'm not really a Spurs fan. Um, I just want a good game, and I'm hoping I see a good game. I anticipate seeing a good game, and hopefully it's not anything like that crap we saw on Christmas when the Cavs played the Warriors. So, Yo, the um, Warriors do that to the Spurs. I'm done. I'm not watching them no more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, oh no, 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 no! They're not gonna beat them by forty. I don't, I don't, I don't even think they can beat their bench by forty because they're, they're still a good team, man. But who knows? I mean, at the Oracle, man, anything can happen. Shoot, they lost. Yeah, I dropped seventy-five in the half. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell y'all who about to get off tonight. Two people about to get off tonight. They're gonna dust off Manu. He's gonna get even the young boy some work. And and Aldridge is gonna have a little coming out party tonight. He's gonna he's gonna drop probably like twenty and twenty type stuff. He's gonna dominate them boys. They're still gonna lose. Ian, Ian Clark about to get off, son. Coming <laughs> off the bench. Ian Clark. Never heard of. I talked to I talked to Kerr, man. He said he's about to give the man some shine since they they did uh, the other holiday like they did him. I miss that guy. I used to cheer for him. I used to root for that guy to get in the game. So Ian Clark tonight, man. Watch him. Gonna get at least ten. Off the bench. <laughs> I can't even say that with a straight face. All right, fellas, thank y'all for uh, calling in, man. We'll try to get another show going, um, probably in a couple weeks. Try to get a uh, try to get a little bit more consistency since football is winding down. Um, but anybody listening, make sure you watch that game tonight. It's on NBA TV. Warriors Spurs starting in about thirty minutes. This is IBS Eases, and I'm signing off. I right, peace.